essentially they had the dopest freestyle rap in a wedding you've ever yeah. seen. So tell me, how did that come about? So what had happened was... quick before we start this episode i want to ask you to support our mission by doing one thing just subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel or our podcast channel whichever one you listen to just hit that subscribe button the way our podcasts get out there is by you guys liking it by subscribing and of course by sharing as well so if you do one of those things for us right now we really appreciate it we work very hard to make these episodes for you guys we work very hard to get them out for you guys and just to try to uplift the entire community so if you can help us out by doing one of those things subscribe share or like every time i really appreciate it love you guys what is up fam it's dr dale the author of how to raise dr wizard from parents who did it the author of pre-med mondays the author of black men and white coats the author of the doctor doc children series and the author of this bad boy right here that when you listen to this podcast, either just came out or is about to come out or somewhere in that pipeline, it's called A Doctor's Guide to Self-Publishing, Seven Steps to Become an Author and Influencer in Your Field. I'll tell you stuff about how I write my books, how this stuff changed my life, how I make some extra money on the side, all that good stuff. So if you haven't got it, go grab a copy, all right? We'll put the link somewhere down low in the description. If you haven't got it, you're still here. Why are you still here? I said, go grab your copy right now. I'll get you a copy. And you listen to the Black Men and White Coast podcast, the place where Black clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. It is going to be such a great episode. I'm super geeked, super excited about um, this episode today. You guys will you guys will see why as we're going through just such a cool, interesting type of story. It's a different type of story, um, but you guys are really going to enjoy it and I'm excited to get into it, so I'm going to introduce my homie through another homie. I say that because I've known her husband for quite some time. This is Dr. Fatima Okafor, a.k.a. better known as affectionately called Dr. Fati, representing Houston, Texas. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Hey, 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 one more time. Put the H's up. One more time. Throw the H's up. Got to do it, man, because I... <laughs> For those of y'all who don't know, I grew up not in Houston. I grew up in League City right outside of Houston, but I still got to represent for the Houston area, Galveston County. Hey, super excited to get you on. I had to kind of track you down now. I had to track you down through your hubby. So, um, you know, just happy for the time. I know you're busy. Just want to say thank you for taking the time out to come join the podcast. Of course. Anytime, anytime. So I want to dive into your story. And I'm trying to see, should I get to the, let's just go ahead and do the wedding stuff now. Let's talk about why. <laughs> why why this was was so cool so you um you became a viral sensation you and kingsley y'all became a super crazy viral sensation i remember looking at that i'm like i know that dude man <laughs> and y'all became a viral sensation because y'all had one of the one of the most unique coolest dopest whatever you want to call it 
type, type of wedding scenario. So tell me about that. How did that whole thing come about with your wedding? So essentially they had the dopest freestyle rap of the wedding you've yes. ever seen. <laughs> so tell me, how did that come about? So what had happened was we actually were supposed to get married in 2020, but of course, you know, COVID happened. Um, so we were supposed to get married July, 2020. And, you know, we were actually in the middle of a surge at that time. So we had to make the decision. We we're like, Hey, we're going to have to postpone the wedding. And so whenever we postponed the wedding to the following year, you know, when they were giving us the dates available, June 27th is the date that became available. Uh, okay. And so, you know, for everybody that's not from Houston, you know, June 27th is you got to tell them they don't know. They don't know. You got to tell them. <laughs> June 27th is a Houston holiday. So that's the birthday of DJ Screw. DJ um Screw, you know, phenomenal Houston artist. Um, and so, you know, we always, you know, represent June 27th for DJ Screw. So, you know, Kingsley was like, you know what? Like we should, we should freestyle. We should do a little something for the wedding, you know. Um, it was just something fun, something different is what we do. And, you know, after going through the pandemic, having to postpone the wedding, um, we thought it would be a good idea. So we did it. Um, we had no idea it was going to go viral the way it did. Uh, it was so shocking. Like it was like Shay Room, BET, Essence, um, Black Girls Rock. It was everywhere. Uh, so that's how that happened. <laughs> hey, and I'm not going to lie. You put it down. Y'all did a... Of course, I've, I've so I this is my person. I'm actually like communicating with you, but I've, of course, Kingsley's a rapper, right? So I've, I knew he could he could do it. But when I saw this, y'all just I was like, oh my goodness, there, y'all did a good job, man. I think I think Screw DJ Screw, I think he'd have been proud of y'all. Y'all did a good job representing. It's kind of cool because, in a sense, it's it became kind of more than you all, right? More than you all's rap. Y'all actually literally just represented for all of Houston and, and the the years that Screw music was being made and just the whole Houston style by you guys getting out there and telling the story. You just told more people know about kind of more Houston culture. So I think that's really cool. So let's go back way, way back to your childhood. And I want to get into the story about you, know, you becoming a doctor. As a child, who were the influences in your life that may or may not have led you down this path of going towards medicine? Well, my dad is a doctor. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a daddy's girl. I love my dad. Um, but he never really like pressured me to become a doctor, which I really liked. Um, as I was, you know, getting older and stuff, like I just would be like obsessed with like seeing doctors on TV. And I actually wanted to be a surgeon um, whenever I went into medical school. But when I did my medical rotation, the surgeon, I was like, nah, this, this isn't, this isn't going to work out. Why? Why is that? What, what about it? Um, I think it was the lifestyle. Um, you know, like waking up like four o'clock in the morning, having to round, be there at five o'clock, uh, do your procedures, you know, have to round on your patients afterwards. Um, and then the length of time um, that it was going to take, um, which looking back, I'm like, I mean, the length of time we were in school forever anyways, uh, wasn't going to be that big of a deal. But yeah, I was just like, yeah, when I, when I did my rotation, I was like, yeah, I don't think that I'm going to be, you know, happy doing this. Um, and so then I did my pediatrics rotation and I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is fun, you know? And so then it wasn't until I was in medical school that I decided I wanted to be a pediatrician. So you were not one of those people who wanted to do every rotation. Like I did peds first. I was like, I can be a pediatrician, right? You're not one of the people who said, you know, 
I'm on peace. I'm going to be peace. I'm on neuro. I'm going to be a neurologist. I'm on, you weren't one of those people. No, I wasn't. Like I would go like with every rotation with an open mind and I would be like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I want to do. Or this is cool, but can I really see myself doing it? Good deal, good deal. So you mentioned that as a child, um, you know, your dad was a doctor, didn't push you, but you saw stuff on TV. What were you watching on TV that was encouraging you to, you know, making you more intrigued with the career of medicine? Um, There was a show on TLC. I can't remember the name of the show, but they would show like deliveries. Um, And so I would like see like the OBGYNs like doing C-sections and deliveries. Funny enough, I didn't want to become an OBGYN, but I thought it was cool. I think more so like the surgery part. And I would just love seeing that. I thought it was so cool. Um, And yeah, my dad's a doctor, but you know, Funny enough, like I didn't see a lot of women doctors uh, growing up Um, and especially a lot of black women doctors. Like, I don't think I saw my first black woman doctor until I was probably in medical school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny talking. I mean, as you're saying, this reminds me. So in medicine, you can kind of sometimes tell where somebody's from because you say OB-GYN instead of OB-GYN. Yeah. So, so where my area, I went to med school in Missouri, University of Missouri, and we, up there we called it OB guide. And I remember my brother, who went to the same med school as you, um, which we'll get to here in a second, he they would always say OB gen. I'm like, what is OB gen? What is this gen thing? So we're talking about gynecology, but you know, down south, the Galveston area, y'all talk about gen. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So, all right. So you're a kid, you're watching these shows, you're not really pressured to go into medicine. Yeah, but you're intrigued. What types of things were you into as a child? Were you into sports? Were you already freestyling as a kid? Like, what types of things were you into? Um, little before you were Dr. Fathi, what who were you as a child? We'll be right back. Yo, this is Dr. Pierre Johnson, aka Doc P, aka Doc for the Streets, the Fibroid Slayer. And I need you to be in the building at Malcolm X College on June the 4th. For the Black Man White Coat Summit, if you have a young child or even an older young man that is aspiring to be a physician, he needs to understand what a doctor really looks like, what someone like him in a position that he wants to be in and how he did it and how to make it happen and how this excellence happens. You can't, if you can't see it, you can't achieve it. So we need you to be in the building. It's going to be so much energy. It's going to be so much information. It's going to be so electric. So please, please bring your energy, bring your attention. and We will have a good time. What, who were you as a child? Um, very playful. Um, my mom is one of nine kids. So I grew up with like, you know, a lot of cousins um, and my cousins were my best friends. So we had a good childhood. Um, I actually did more singing than rapping, actually. So um, I love singing, too. Um, And it wasn't until I started like getting older, you know, part of the Houston culture, you know, you freestyle, we'll go down, all of that stuff um, as you got older. So what um, you're singing, like what were you like? um... Um, like a Beyonce type of person who were, was doing these local performances or was it just something you kind of did on your own in the backyard in the house with your friends or how deep in is the, the house with, my, with my family um 
my uncle was actually one, may he rest in peace. He, you know, heard me singing one time and he was like, oh, you know, she can kind of hold, hold a tune um, or whatever. And so then my family would start, you know, asking me, you know, sing this, sing this. But I never wanted to be a singer. Like I never was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, like Beyonce and I'm going to, you know, do shows and stuff like that. That wasn't what I wanted to do. And for those of y'all who don't know, yes, Beyonce is from Houston as well. So we don't, yes. we don't keep representing <laughs> the south side of uh, south side of the map there. So what did you want to do? Like you said, so you were interested in medicine, but you weren't you weren't kind of definite about it. I that's the sense I'm getting. So the child, like, what did you want to do as a child? What did I want to do as a child? Or was it medicine? Yeah, I mean, I did have the idea of wanting to be a doctor. Um Another thing that like I like doing is like uh, event planning, um, because growing up with so many like, you know, cousins and family members and there was always like a, you know, a birthday party or something like that. Um, I like doing that, too. Um, I've actually never pursued it, you know, full time, um, not even on the side, but uh, I think I could have been a good event planner, too. So did you plan your most of your wedding yourself? Uh, no. I had an amazing wedding planner, uh, Duray Events. Shout out to Chioma. <laughs> There's no way I could have planned a wedding and been working at the same time. It is hectic. Oh my gosh, planning a wedding is it's it's it, it's stressful. People think it's like this magical, like oh, you know. I'm like y'all just go to the wedding and enjoy the party. Y'all don't see like behind the scenes, like you know, making the list. Who can we invite? The parents like, oh, can we just invite this person? Can we just invite that person? Yeah, people don't see all of that. So <laughs> yeah, I remember when we were getting married. Um, we were my wife and I were fourth year med students when we were getting married. Well, we got married in court first, but when we had the ceremony a year later, we were fourth year med students, and my wife was like studying for um step two or something like that. And she she was like, Okay, she told the wedding planner, her mom said, Mom, Dale is in charge, whatever Dale says goes, that's what we're gonna do. That plan did not work. <laughs> that plan didn't work at all. Nobody was listening to me. So we just had to stop the wedding plan and just pause everything until my wife finished her task because just nobody was listening to good old Dale. They thought <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. You're probably right. Um, so you go through all that stuff in high school. The decision, actually before this part, what kind of student were you? What kind of grades were you making in, in high school and such? Were you a good student? Was school easy for you? Did you have to study? I did have to study. Um, I wasn't like an exceptional student. Like I wasn't in like GT and like all of those advanced, you know, courses. Um, but I would say I was a pretty good student. I did study. Um, I did, you know, I did have the idea, uh, you know, that I wanted to pursue medicine in high school. Um, so um, I decided I was like, well, I want to, you know, I started looking into schools, like what are some good schools that, you know, I would have a high chance of like getting into medical school. So then that's when I uh, decided to apply for Xavier. And then that's where I started off in my undergrad career. That's tell me, tell me about Xavier. Tell me about Xavier. How, how was, how was your time with Xavier? Xavier was awesome. Um, you know, they have a pharmacy school. So many pre-med students uh, go there. It's in New Orleans. I had a good time. Um, but then that time was cut short because when I was a sophomore, uh, Hurricane Katrina hit. Um, so and so year? when Katrina came, we lost our apartment. I want to hear it. What year was Katrina? Year that was 2015. No, oh. two, 2005. I'm sorry. 2005. <laughs> yeah, okay. 2005. And so then Katrina came and uh, me and my roommate, we actually lost our apartment. Like, you know, it got mm -hmm. flooded and there was damage. 
And so we just, um, she stayed, but, you know, me and my family, we just, you know, made the decision and I actually transferred. So I transferred to Prairie View and then that's where I finished my undergrad. Okay. So um, why did you make the decision to transfer? Like what, what, what factors went into that? Because this is, this is something that makes your story really unique, right? Not too many people could say they had to up and leave a school because of a natural disaster and still pursue that pre-med journey. So what were the things that went into considering that transfer? So we did have to, um, you know, that whole semester was done. Uh, we had to scramble, you know, to find like, you know, some colleges like around the nation that would take us, uh, that would still, you know, take our credits and things like that. And uh, my family, I think for the most part, my family was really scared. You know, they were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Katrina happened. Like, what if it happens again? Like, is it going to be, you know, safe anymore? Um, and so they just really felt more comfortable with me um, staying in Texas. I got you. I got you. Listen. So when you were, when you were at Xavier, was it Carmichael or was it QV? Carmichael. Carmichael, Carmichael, yeah. So people, people who go to, people who went to Xavier will, will know those names immediately. Everybody else is like, who Carmichael and QV? <laughs> Um, I'll let you break it down. So you want to you want to tell who the infamous Carmichael and QV are? Now I don't know who QV is, but well, Carmichael was you know that guy. You know, to you want to go to you know pre med, you want to do medical school, like you go to Xavier, you got to get in, you get the guidance of the Dr. Carmichael, and you'll you're you're basically in. Yeah, man, he was like he was like the Godfather. So I know I went to Xavier for a summer before I went to college. I was wanted to go there, supposed to go there, but. Um, money stuff, like the money ended up coming through to another program. So I ended up going to Missouri. But um, so Carmichael was a guy and QV runs, QV is like the Carmichael now. She was um, like his apprentice and she took over. So she's running the show. Kuvadis Webster's her name. She's running the show. By the way, Kuvadis, if you listen to this, man, I got to get you on the podcast. I'm, I'm, I got to get you on the podcast. So she runs the show now. So um, natural disaster. So I can't help. Every time I say the word natural disaster, uh, there's a, a Houston thing again. Um, Chameleon there, culture in the click. He always said he had a rap that I love. He said, I'm a walking, talking, natural disaster, do rag, hat backwards. And I love that for whatever reason. That's one of my favorite raps ever. I love that. But um, so fast forward, you end up going to Purview, and Purview's got Dr. Brown, I think, right? I don't know if he was there. Dr. Brown, yes. Dr. Brown. So um, so he's getting you right. What were what other than the natural disaster, what was your biggest challenge as a pre-med? As a pre-med, um, Having to focus, you know, like, hey, you know, you got to prepare for the MCAT. Um, and then also at the same time, like you're young, you want to enjoy college, right? So like you want to have fun. And so having to make the decision like, hey, I can't go out all the time. I, I can't do this. Um, it's it's kind of hard um, because it's like you make so many sacrifices um, to be where you're at. And people don't understand that, you know, you're 19, 20. 21 years old, like your, your people out on the yard kicking it, you know, and you in your dorm room studying because, you know, you're trying to get to med school, you're studying for the MCAT. So I think that that's the biggest um, challenge, just trying to stay focused, um, keeping your, your eye on the prize. Did you, what high school did you go to in Houston? Stratford. Stratford. Did Stratford. you, um, going to, so t let's back up a little bit, the decision to go to HBCU, Xavier's kind of easy, I guess, because you're strong pre-med, so I'm guessing that has something to do with it. But was that part of your decision, HBCU versus a P, uh, PWI? Uh, yeah, I knew I wanted to do HBCU. I definitely wanted that experience. Um, I wanted to be 
um, in an environment where, you know, a lot of people looked like me and, you know, we could support each other. So I knew that I wanted to go to an HBCU. Do you think that impacted your, your success moving forward? What types of, what type of, you know, confidence or anything did that have on your future success in medicine? A lot of confidence. Um, I think, you know, because I've had this conversation with my husband, um, Kingsley, and he did not go to an HBCU. He went to uh, A&M. And so just the difference, uh, you know, he has to think about, he thinks about stuff different, um, you know, going into corporate America as well. But like my confidence, I told him, I was like, yo, like my college experience was so much fun. Like I went to school with so many people that look like me. We supported each other. You know, you have that network of people um, when you grow. It's an amazing experience. So yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't change it. That was um so Xavier and, and Prairie, both are HBCUs for the listeners in case the, the listeners aren't sure. Um, so now the med school decision, what went into that decision in terms of where you applied to and, and where you ended up at? Um, what was that process like for you? So hey fam, thanks for watching. We'll see y'all next week with part two. Time for stressing, I've been really stepping. Ooh.